And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, and we're excited for today's program as we're going to be talking about when will Elijah return. So stay tuned to the program. Those of you following us on social media, post your questions or your comments for us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we're so excited about your soon return. We pray as we discuss the Bible. Uh, Lord, open up uh, our minds and hearts to your word and help us grow in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Again, you're tuning into the Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. When will Elijah return is our topic. And of course, for those of you that are tuned in, we'd love for you to keep us in prayer for our program and also for that technology that everything will go smoothly. Before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. It's good to be on as always. Another week. Another fantastic week, Nathan. Before uh, we started, you and I were talking about what a busy week we have had in Bible prophecy. Uh, before we can talk about that, Nathan, can you share with us a little bit about the ministry that we're involved in in case someone is new to the ministry and how they can also get a hold of these wonderful resources? Certainly. Well, Vic and I are both evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that in a number of different ways, like this podcast, for instance, but also our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is in its 18th season and has been aired all over the world. Uh, you can check us out on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We have a ton of materials, videos, articles, newsletters you can sign up for, social media groups you can uh, like and subscribe to to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and help you get excited about the Lord's soon return. Ooh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Nathan, again, thank you for sharing that. It's just exciting, all the wonderful things that God is doing. We're definitely living in the last days. Nathan, this week, as we were talking earlier, has been an amazing, amazing week. Uh, so many things that have happened. Uh, again, just uh, earthquakes, uh, deaths of individuals that, that uh, uh, suddenly, and just a, a lot of things to make us really wonder about life. And, and you and I know that that's the reason why we always say that Everyone needs to be ready at any moment to know that if they were uh, uh, if they were to die today without a shadow of a doubt, that they would know uh, where they were going. And, and that's that was the case. Right. Nate? I mean, we heard about this professional basketball player, Colby uh, Bryant. And um, it's just sad, though. Well, the Lord said that uh, as we got closer to the day of his return, that all number of signs of the times would come both in frequency and intensity. One are the natural signs, and we've seen definitely a proliferation of earthquakes, fires, volcanoes, a lot of natural disasters flooding all over the world. And, of course, the secular world tries to attribute to global warming, but we know from the book of Revelation that the Lord himself controls the weather, so it's God who's controlling the weather. Uh, there's been a, a, a lot of signs related to Israel as there, people try to create peace in Israel. President Trump, this is the as we're recording this this last week of January 2020, President Trump rolled out his deal of the century. It's his big peace plan and hoping to divide the land of Israel for the Palestinians. And obviously the Lord said those who touch the land of Israel touch the apple of his eye. And he gave a curse for anyone who tried to divide up the land of Israel. So I'm just waiting to see how that curse will, will play out for as America yet again tries to tamper with the land of Israel. Uh, social upheavals. Obviously, uh, in the United States, President Trump is in the middle of an impeachment right now. Netanyahu 
is uh, being accused of corruption. Uh, we're seeing both in China, Xi Jinping, and also in Russia, Vladimir Putin, both basically setting themselves up as kings over their countries. Uh, the coalition between Russia, Turkey, and Iran, as prophesied in Ezekiel 38-39, continues to strengthen. Uh, more battles are closer to the city of Damascus. We know prophetically from Jeremiah 49 that Israel will eventually at some point have to destroy Damascus. I could go on and on and on. Obviously, we were thinking a lot about death since Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the rest of those uh, four poor people in that helicopter crashed and people are asking, you know, what happens after you die? So all these things are coming to a head this week. And so I think that's a great lead into your question uh, when is Elijah coming? When is the forerunner of the Savior coming is a very valid question to ask in this day and age. And, and Nathan, that's why I thank you for opening up the incredible segue into all of what's happening, how close we are. We know, Nathan, that before that incredible time of the tribulation, we believe the rapture will occur first. But then, of course, we know that there is a peace treaty that is going to be in place. There's a lot of things. So I'm sure right now people are thinking, well, is this it? But we know, Nathan, that this is not it because certain other things need to take place. Right, right. And let me just nip it in the bud right here. President Trump is not the Antichrist. He's one of many, 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 many rulers who is trying to bring peace to the Middle East, maybe not necessarily for Israel or the Palestinians' sake, but for their own legacy. And it'll fail. It'll fail because what he's trying to create politically is actually a spiritual crisis, and that is that Satan has moved on the hearts of the Islamic people to hate their their uh, excuse me, their neighbors as well as their relatives. It's a family feud uh, of the Jews in the Middle East, and that won't be, there won't be peace in the Middle East until the Prince of Peace comes. And so we know that this deal of the century will fall through. Already the Palestinians have rejected it without even looking at it, so we know it's all one-sided anyway. But uh, no, President Trump is not the Antichrist. <laughs> Excellent. And Nathan, I'm so glad that we're sharing this because rumors start floating and people start posting things. And this is why we do these programs is to educate everyone in the topic of biblical prophecy, eschatology, the timing of things and what the Bible has to say, not what people make up to say. And of course, Nathan, uh, again, we, we are living in the last days. We see signs of the times. We see an increase in a lot of the things that we're talking about. But we also need to be clear that everything has to be in order. And there are so many people that try to take things out of order and out of context. And this is why we need to turn back to the Bible to see what the Bible has to say about when events are going to occur. Now, Nathan, as we are, of course, talking about this incredible individual called Elijah, the book of Malachi, chapter 4. Will you be able to take us there, Nathan, to Malachi chapter 4 and maybe read for us verses 1 through 6 as we want to talk about uh, again, uh, his coming, the timing, and how things line up to where we are today. So for those of you that are tuned in live via social media, hey, feel free to follow us, follow along with us, grab your Bibles, make sure that you also share this program with others, invite others to join us, because this is an important uh, subject matter that we're talking about. So yeah, thank you, Nathan, if you can take us there to Malachi 4. Okay, uh, the book of Malachi, if you're looking for it, it is the last book of the Old Testament, right before Matthew. Chapter 4, verse 1 reads, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch, 
But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all of Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And here we have, we're introduced to this amazing prophet, uh, Elijah. And Nathan, uh, according to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, the Bible tells us clearly that Elijah didn't die. No, he is one of the few people that actually experienced a rapture. Uh, Enoch, well before him, before the flood, was taken up to heaven. But here we've got Elijah. Uh, I can read it, verses 9 through 12 of 2 Kings 2 says, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Wow, Nathan, this is an amazing passage as we look at the life of Elijah. And yet the Bible talks about now suddenly this individual that was taken up alive, then the Bible mentions back in Malachi chapter 4 that he is uh, to return. And, and there's also, Nathan, quite a bit of talk about these two witnesses that are going to be coming in the scene uh, in the time of the tribulation. Can you talk to us a little more about this? What we got here is Elijah was a prophet to Israel, and uh, uh, he didn't die. He is one of the few people in biblical history as recorded as taken up to heaven. Now, we don't know whether they got their glorified bodies, both he and Enoch, when they were taken up to heaven, but we do know that they escaped death. And they're a picture of the rapture of the church when Jesus Christ will return in these last days, as the Bible's talking about. And they will, we will have all those who are saved, the church, as it's called, brought up to heaven before this terrible time of judgment is going to come on the land, before the tribulation comes. But God promised that Elijah the prophet would return to this earth as a forerunner of the Messiah. Now, clearly we know that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And Jesus even said, point blank, that, that John the Baptist is the forerunner of, of himself, of the Messiah. He, he's not Elijah, but he fulfills the role of Elijah at the first coming. But we see prophecies here that talk about the dreadful day of the Lord. It's a Another term for the seven-year tribulation, what you read about in Revelation 6 through 19, where the, God is going to pour out 21 judgments upon this earth to punish the world for its rebellion, but to make it so bad that people fall on their knees and cry out for Jesus to save them. And Elijah is supposed to precede that too. And so we can read in Revelation about the two witnesses, how God will send two men at the very beginning of this seven-year tribulation and they will be his witnesses 
for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And many believe that one of them will be Elijah. Excellent point. And Nathan, of course, and, and of course, and we've come to that conclusion from the Bible based on really certain miracles that Elijah uh, uh, did, how God used them. Uh, and it's uh, this uh, good correlation there. Well, you have to look back at the transfiguration when Jesus went up on the mountain and, and some of his glory shone through and he was greeted by Elijah and Moses. And the uh, three apostles were there and they were, you know, obviously <laughs> very shocked to see these very famous historical characters there actually with Jesus, talking with them, taking care of them. Maybe they, they got to talk with Moses and Elijah. And because Moses and Elijah were showed up, many believe that these two then will be the two witnesses, both we got Elijah, who's the great prophet, and Moses, who was the great uh, leader of the Israelites' people. He was also considered a prophet. And the two of them will be the voice that will cry out during the tribulation from Jerusalem. God will give them supernatural protection. Nothing can hurt them. He'll also give them supernatural power to, to bring fire upon the enemies and to shut off the water in certain countries. The Antichrist, the one world ruler who will rule that time, and the world will hate them and despise them because of their messages calling judgment upon the world and calling for people to repent. And so we know that two witnesses will at some point uh, be killed by the Antichrist. God's supernatural protection will be taken off of them at the midpoint of the tribulation. They'll be killed. The Antichrist will leave their bodies decaying in the middle of Jerusalem for three and a half days. And then... The world, too, will celebrate. They'll give each other's gifts. It'll be a big celebration. But then God will resurrect them from the dead and bring them up to heaven. So folks will, will claim, uh, a lot of theologians believe, that Elijah and Moses are these two witnesses because, for one, they didn't die. Although, now here's the caveat, if Satan and Jude talked about fought, uh, debated, or, or wanted the body of Moses, that means that Moses did die. So... I tend to not believe that Moses is the second. Uh, I rather believe that it's Enoch, because as we read in Jude 1 9, that Enoch uh, was taken up to heaven. And, and so <laughs> it would make more logical sense that if Elijah was taken up, then Enoch would be the other two. Another view is that these two witnesses could just be two Jewish men who get saved after the rapture. And I actually, I tend to hold this view. I don't see why it has to be. Moses and Elijah. If John the, the Baptist could be a Elijah-like character as a forerunner to Jesus, why can't a regular Jewish man also be a forerunner of Jesus? And it could be that this, they're just two regular Jewish men who God gives the power of the prophets to speak during that time period. And Nathan, and I'm glad that we're clarifying all this because again, there's a, there, there's a lot of different views out there. Again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about when will Elijah return, and of course, we're looking up biblically. What does the Bible have to say, Nathan? What I love about it is true. If the Bible is silent. In certain aspects, we also need to be silent and not speculate or, or throw too much things in there that really are not there, because uh, that's how uh, people then be, be, uh, start to erroneously uh, divide scripture. But when we pull out these amazing facts, uh, it makes for a better case of who these individuals could be. Right. And we got to clarify one thing timing wise is that obviously John the Baptist was a forerunner of the Messiah at his first coming. And. There is no forerunner of the Messiah at the rapture. 
when the church will be taken up to heaven for the tribulation. That's the church's job. God gave the church, us Christians, believers in Christ, are to be proclaiming the return of the Messiah. We're doing that right now, <laughs> even talking about it as, as we're all forerunners of the Messiah. But during the tribulation, we're leading up to the second coming at the end of the seven years of Jesus Christ. And that's when we see the role of Elijah as a forerunner come through the two witnesses. We also read about the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will also be sealed by God and protected. And they will witness, they will be forerunners of Jesus before his return. So the Lord uses different types of Elijah-type people, of personalities, as forerunners proclaiming his soon return. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, and that's why we turn to Scripture, because, again, the timing is very important, and we cannot speculate. Uh, the Bible tells us, right, Nathan, that uh, 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 these two witnesses, they're going to arise in the time of the seven-year period, which is the tribulation spoken of by Daniel chapter 9. And this is why the timing is so important. But you mentioned something uh, very clear earlier, is the events that are happening right now really are pointing towards what's, what's clearly going to happen maybe maybe soon in the future. We're not 100% sure, but we do know that the rapture needs to take place first before this peace treaty and everything else uh, is actually finalized. Right. The Antichrist treaty, that he'll make a treaty with Israel. It's, it's very nebulous, according to Daniel 9, what this treaty entails. Some people believe it'll bring peace between the Jews and the Palestinians or the Jews in the Arab world. Others think it will lead to the temple, the third temple being built on the Temple Mount. I tend to believe that if this follows the great Gog and Magog war where the Islamic nations and Russia try to destroy Israel and God steps in and supernaturally destroys these armies and destroys these countries, that the Antichrist will make this treaty to Israel to protect himself and the world from God to give him time to conquer the world before he then turns his attention on Israel. So again, the Bible doesn't say what this, this peace covenant is between the Antichrist and Israel, but that's the beginning of the tribulation. Now, you know, there was, I guess I neglected to mention that there are two other possible candidates for the two witnesses, and uh, that would be Zechariah chapter 4, right? Absolutely, Nathan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you actually uh, brought us back there. Can, can you go ahead, Nathan, and maybe read for us there Zechariah 4, verses 10 through 14? And again, for those of you that are following us and being part of our program, we would encourage you, write these down. Be a student of Bible prophecy and follow along with us. These are exciting passages. Right. So if you go to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 10 through 14, uh, the prophet Zechariah gives us another hint about who these two witnesses could possibly be. And verse 10 reads, For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at its left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the gold and old oil drains? And he answered me and said, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the whole Lord of the whole earth. Now, I know you're probably thinking, wow, what is he talking about? And here, just to give you, Zechariah is seeing a vision of two men by uh, by some olive. They're like, they look like two olive trees or they have lampstands. They give the oil of the Lord to, to Israel. In other words, they are representatives of God to Israel and he names one of them Zerubbabel, 
who after they exiled the Jews to Babylon and then their return, they were led by a governor named Zerubbabel. He would have been king if they hadn't been exiled. He was a descendant of David. And so we have Zerubbabel. We also have the high priest, who Zechariah learns uh, is the other man. And that's uh, at the time Joshua, the high priest. And so these two men are the representatives of God to Israel as the re they return from the exile. And some believe that these two might actually be the two witnesses during the tribulation. And Nathan, and that's fantastic. And this is why we, we, we have these references lined up for individuals. So this way they can sort of see what the Bible has to say and then put the passages together. And of course, as you open that up for us in Revelation chapter 11, uh, verses 3 through 6, there will be these two super evangelist uh, individuals in the time of the tribulation who are going to win countless people to Jesus. So it's going to be one of the greatest revival of all times. I know they'll put Billy Graham and Billy Sunday and all those other big names to, to shame. Uh, uh, they're going to be, well, you know, you think that people hate, say, Donald Trump now. Wait till you see uh, what they're going to hate these two guys. The, the world that's aligned themselves spiritually with Satan and his rebellion are actually going to hate these two men. Uh, verse 3 reads, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees. Here we go. We just read that. And the two lampstands, we were just read that, standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn into blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Mm. And Nathan, I can see there why individuals all of a sudden, uh, 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 why Elijah uh, comes to people's minds, because we see again the power that God had given Elijah and very similar. Oh, absolutely similar and, and, and tremendous parallels. God, of all the prophets, really, you read a lot about the miracles that the prophets were allowed to do in God's name. Elijah stands out as one of the most powerful of them all, who, who did probably the most miracles, his protege, Elisha. Uh, did get that double portion that he asked Elijah for and was very powerful. But uh, people tend to think more of Elijah. And Elijah could do this. He he could destroy, uh, call down God's wrath upon his enemies. He could shut heaven down and turn the water off for like he did with Ahab for all those years. Uh, you know, he could turn the water into blood and and call down plagues and uh, like uh, Moses did. And he's got the power. So when you look at the the types of, Curses that these two men can call down upon the earth. They're exactly like what Moses did during the 10 plagues and like Elijah did when he was preaching against Israel. And so that, again, leads many people to think that this forerunner of the Messiah, the Elijah, could be here and the actual Elijah and Moses or a reference here to Zerubbabel and Joshua uh, or Enoch or, or just two men the Lord anoints as prophets during that tribulation time period. Brother, we're not going to know. We're going to be raptured off this earth. We'll be in heaven. All this will go on, and we won't find out those two men are until three and a half years when the Lord brings them up to heaven, and then we'll be like, ah, mystery solved. <laughs> and Nathan, that's true. That's exactly why we don't look for, we're not looking for uh, Elijah or Moses or, or the Antichrist, right? We're waiting for Jesus Christ, and we know that we are going to be in heaven celebrating where all this takes place. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, 
all these terrible plagues, you know, don't fret. These are horrible things coming to the earth. But if you already have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then that's not your future. Your future is to be taken off this earth and brought to heaven before God pours out his wrath. That's how he's, God's always done. Matter of fact, Enoch was raptured off this earth before the flood came. He was, I believe it was Noah's grandfather. So he was taken off the earth before the flood came. We see that again, Noah and his family were taken out of the deluge in their boat and protected during the tribulation. Uh, we saw Rahab protected and taken out of Jericho before it was destroyed. It's just God, for one, he tells everybody what he's going to do before he does it. So it's not like it should be any surprise that these events are coming. And also he promises, and it's his modus operandi, that God always takes his faithful out of the world before his judgment comes upon the world. And his judgment in the tribulation is coming. The signs of the times are clear. And that means we know that the rapture is coming soon. And then after that, seven years later, plus the tribulation will be over and Jesus will return. And these two witnesses are heralds of that fact. Matter of fact, the miracles they do continue to prove again and again that there is a God and he does have the power over this world. He is the owner of this world and that we should put our faith and trust in him and obey him alone. Mm -hmm. Nathan, and you're absolutely right, because again, that, that rapture personally can come for us at any moment. In other words, the Lord can call us home uh, believers at any moment through death or rapture. But you and I were talking about this earlier, Nathan. It brings great comfort for us to know that when someone who has trusted in Christ and has lived a lifestyle that is evident, when they pass away, whether it's through death, uh, or something, we, we don't sorrow as much because we know uh, where they're going. But it's just sad, Nathan, when we hear of tragedies of sudden deaths of people and we really don't know their, their relationship with Jesus. We don't really know where they ended up. And this is why it's crucial for anyone that is tuned into our program that you turn your life to Jesus right now, that you are not straddling the fence because you just never know when the Lord might call you home, when your last day will be. And it doesn't matter about age because we know that young people die as well as old people. Uh, Nathan, my mother, she's 81 years old and she had a minor stroke. And oh, no. I was talking I was I was talking to her about this yesterday. I mean, she's doing great right now, thank the Lord. But we were talking about there's a lot of young people that look at the older people that are sickly and say, Oh man, they're they're going to go before uh, first before uh, excuse me they're going to go first and then uh, before us and i'm saying you know what these days some of these older people are outliving these younger people because some younger people's lives are being taken uh without notice so we were saying that the the, the key is people need to trust in christ now while there is time right nathan right i mean kobe bryant and his daughter and, and all the people in the helicopter were just thinking they were heading to a game they weren't thinking they were going to die you know, and if they did, what would they have been thinking? Do they think, well, you know, I better get serious about my relationship with God. I, I need to find out what this afterlife is about, what what the future holds. And and you know, the Lord would then lead them to the Bible and then lead them to someone who could lead them to know Jesus as Savior. And, and that is something that I had a friend of mine growing up, uh, one of my best friends in high school, and uh, his mother was cooking dinner and there was some water on the floor. She slipped and fell back. She, her head hit the counter just at the right angle, and it snapped her neck, and she died just like that. I mean, one minute oh. she's dinner, the next minute she's dead. And, you know, you never know when, when you're going to die. A car accident or heart attack or, like you said, your mother with a stroke. 
I just found out that a dear relative of mine is, has got advanced cancer. I mean, that just came out of the blue. And we don't know when we're going to die, so you just can't keep putting off and putting off and putting off. Eventually, the rapture will happen, and then you're going to be left behind in the tribulation. I mean, I just, people want to live their lives the way they want to live it and just do whatever they want regardless without the consequences. But the consequences, brother, as you know, is eternal. Your decision you make for Jesus Christ has everlasting consequences. And it's mm -hmm. not something that we should delay or put off. Exactly. And you know, Nathan, every time before we close our programs, we always give an opportunity for people to respond wherever they are. And listen, wherever you are, we want to invite you to respond to the gospel. God knows your heart. The time is short. And today is the day of salvation. So, Nathan, would you be able to share with that individual on the other side again, like you always do, how they can start their relationship with Jesus? Well, it's time to surrender. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He's God sent his own son to die for your sins on the cross to pay the penalty for your rebellion against God. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith in Jesus, the penalty of hell that was meant for you was put on Jesus on the cross. And you can stand before God, holy and pure. Pray from your heart. If you, if you, if you want to cement that you have made that decision in your heart, then pray something like, Dear Jesus, please. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promised you just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt is gone. And you inherit eternal life with him in heaven. Praise the Lord. Nathan, what wonderful news. And I want to thank you for sharing that. Listen, maybe you pray that prayer for the first time and you really meant it uh, from your heart. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love for you to give us a call. Uh, and let us know that you pray that prayer, 305-992-9537. We would love to celebrate with you. We would love to give you a Bible. So this way you can continue re your relationship with the Lord. The Bible says that in heaven, there's a celebration for every person that turns to Christ, for every sinner that repents. So Nathan, thank you for, again, putting out the wonderful evangelistic uh, message there uh, for our listeners and viewers. And of course, we're excited. We believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon. And we want you to be ready. So, Nathan, again, we ran out of time for this segment of our program. But, man, it's always such a joy to have you on with me. It is. It goes by so fast. God bless you all. Thank you. And, of course, for those of you that maybe just tuned in or, or those of you that have been tuned in with us, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. But remember, you can catch our services uh, and our teachings uh, on Facebook. Also, Christ in Prophecy, Lamb Lion Ministries. And uh, again, share this with your friends because, again, we're living in crucial times, but exciting times for the church. So, again, we want to thank you for being part of the program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Big Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye and have a great day. <laughs>